today on It's Time. I want my life to mean more than a yard sale quarter box. Look at this great accomplishment. Doesn't mean anything to anybody. Even their kids don't want the trophy. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going through the book of Exodus. So turn there in your Bible and follow along with Pastor Mike. God gave the message to Moses and Aaron to communicate to the people. They did, and God answered. So, we come into verse 29 here. And it came to pass at midnight that the Lord struck all the firstborn in the land of Egypt. Pharaoh wouldn't let God's firstborn go. God being a legal God says, okay, I'll take your firstborn. And that's exactly what he did. Now, as we look at this, Remember, they were to kill the Passover lamb, the first part of chapter 12, which we didn't read this morning, we read last week. They were to take the lamb, they were to barbecue it, eat it, and they had no time for anything else because they were going to go and they were going to go fast. Be ready to go. That's what Moses said. So it says, the land of Egypt... From the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat on his throne to the firstborn of the captive who was in the dungeon and the firstborn of livestock. Everything, the firstborn died. Wow, you think about this for a minute. And by the way, if we get up here, let's just fast forward to chapter 13, verse 1. Let's fast forward real quick. Something you may not know, maybe about yourself. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Sanctify me all the firstborn, whoever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both man and animal, it is mine. Wow, think about that for a minute. I got a weird question for you. How many here are a firstborn in your family? Just hold up your hand. It's really strange. You see that. See, God says, I own you. The firstborn belongs to the Lord. Not what's left over, you know, well, nobody else wants it, I guess, so, you know, give it to God. No, God says, I get the first. He gets the best. So if you're a firstborn, remember, you belong to God already. Whether you love him or not, you belong to God. Now, I want to encourage you because, again, until we repent, we can't embrace him. But the thing is, I believe there's a special calling on people that are firstborns. Now think about that for a minute. I'm serious. What does God want to do with you being you belong to him? Now he says, I will strike the firstborn, which he did, clear down to the livestock. This is a really uh, an attack. This is really an attack on their God, Osiris. 
giver of life, the Egyptian god, giver of life, and Pharaoh, who is also a god in the Egyptian world. So their gods were not able to protect them from the real god. So Pharaoh rose in the night, he and all his servants, all the Egyptians, and there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house where there was not one dead. And they called for Moses and Aaron by night, saying, Rise, go out from among my people, both you and your children of Israel, and go, serve the Lord as you have said. Also take your flocks, your herds, as you have said, and be gone. And bless me also. Interesting, for a minute there, he had a heart of repentance. Unfortunately, as we'll read on here, that repentance wasn't very long. You know, we find a lot of times that, and we've shared this before, there'll be a lot of people in the world sometimes, they have a crisis, they'll call on God. God divinely answers them, and then they forget about God when things are good again. This is exactly what Pharaoh did. And so it says, get out. They had to leave so fast, that Passover meal, when they had to eat all the Passover lamb. By the way, as we'll read down here, there was 600,000 people on foot, men, that left, as not counting the children and the women, so probably somewhere around 2 million people left Egypt. And with them, all those lambs inside of them. You see, the lamb with, went with them wherever they go. Sound familiar? That Lamb of God inside of you that takes away the sins of the world inside of you is in you wherever you go. Well, anyway. So he called for him by night. Take your flocks, your herds, as you have said, and be gone and bless me. Verse 33, the Egyptians urged the people that they might send them out in the land with haste. For the Egyptians said... We shall all be dead. If you don't do something, Pharaoh, we're all going to die. We've just went through nine plagues. Now this one, killing the firstborn. Get them out of here. Well, and so the people took their dough before it was leavened, having their kneading bowls bound up in their clothes on their shoulders. Now the children of Israel had done according to the word of Moses, for they had asked from the Egyptians articles of silver, articles of gold and clothing. And the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, so they granted them what they requested. Thus they plundered the Egyptians. So they went to the Egyptians, as Moses had said, and said, give us some gold, give us some silver. I think the people of Egypt were so scared of the children of Israel at that point, back a chapter or so, that they said, here, take this. Anything else you want? Just don't kill any more of our stuff. No more lice, no more frogs, no more darkness. Whatever you want, just take it. And God gave them favor. By the way, friends, I believe this. I believe God can give people in the world favor towards you. I believe that. In other words, God's grace isn't just from him, but God's grace is upon you, and I believe it's communicated through your heart to others. You know, God is a God of mercy, and God is a God of miracles. 
And it says very clearly here that he did this for them. By the way, just real quick, they worked for them for 400 years, okay? God said it's payback time. You're not going to leave here for all your labor and get nothing. And so they left, and it says they plundered Egypt in this fashion. Then the children of Israel journeyed from Ramses to Succoth, about 600,000 on men on foot, besides the children and their wives, of course. A mixed multitude went up with them also, and flocks and herds, and a great deal of livestock. Whoa, 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 whoa. stop. It says here, a mixed multitude went up from them also. What's that mean? Well, evidently, in the process of the plagues, evidently in the process of God demonstrating that he's a true living God, not the false gods of Egypt, evidently there were Egyptians that said, hey, we're on your side, we're leaving with you. The mixed multitude means it wasn't just Israelites only that were leaving, it was also those who believed in Yahweh went with them. You don't think your testimony means something in a lost and dying world? I believe it's very important that we understand that we radiate the presence of God. And so it says, it says that they baked unleavened cakes of the dough which they had brought out of Egypt, for it was not leavened because they were driven out of Egypt and they could not wait, nor had they prepared provisions for themselves. Now sojourn of the children of Israel who lived in Egypt were 430 years. So the sojourn in Egypt was 430 years. The last part of that is where they became the slaves. And it says, and when it came to the end of the 430 years, on the very same day, it came to pass that all the armies of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. It is a night of solemn observance to the Lord for them bringing them out into the land, out of the land of Egypt. This is the night of the Lord, a solemn observance of the children of Israel throughout all generations. And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, this is an ordinance of Passover. No outsider shall eat it. But every man's servant who is bought for money, when you have circumcised him, he may eat of it. In other words, this is a solemn thing I want you to always remember, but it's not just for anybody. It's for those who truly believe in Yahweh. Now, listen, friends. Jesus is our Passover lamb. The world doesn't understand it. But when you, as a Christian, have that Paschal Lamb that took away the sins of the world, his blood upon your life, him inside of you. Jesus said, I'll never leave you or forsake you, not even in the end of the age. That's good news. He's inside of you. His protection is there with you. People see that. Verse 45, a sojourner and a hired servant shall not eat of it. 
In the house it shall be eaten. You shall not carry any of the flesh outside the house, nor shall you break one of its bones. All the congregation of Israel shall keep it. And when a stranger sojourns with you and wants to keep the Passover to the Lord, let all his mills be circumcised. Let them come near, keep it, and he shall be a native of the land. For no uncircumcised person shall eat of it. By the way, very quickly, this whole thing about circumcision. You know, it's interesting. Paul the Apostle said, we are living sacrifices. I think it's kind of interesting. That was a sacrifice to the Lord. And by the way, if you go back to Exodus 4, where the Lord sought to kill Moses on his way to Pharaoh after God told him to go to Pharaoh, people say, well, what kind of a God is that? We find out why. He wouldn't circumcise his two sons. Zephora was not a believer. She was not an Israelite. He knew that if he insisted upon circumcision, he would have a marital fight with his wife. And so therefore he didn't do it. He was on his way to Pharaoh. God sought to kill him. You know, it's interesting. He said, look, if you won't stand up to your own wife for what's right, how are you ever going to stand up for the king of the world, Pharaoh, in those days? And so we know it was a big fight because she circumcised her two sons through the foreskins at Moses and screamed, you're a bloody husband to me. He was right. It wasn't going to cause a fight. It did. But he did what God told him to do and God blessed him. Living sacrifices. So he says, one law shall be for the native born for the stranger who sojourns among you. Thus all the children of Israel did as the Lord commanded Moses and Aaron, so they did. So it came to pass on that very same day, the Lord brought the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt according to all uh, uh, their armies. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, sanctify me all the firstborn, whoever opens the womb of the children of Israel, both man and animal, it is mine. I like that. I think about that. You belong to God. I pray that every one of you realize who you are in Christ. And you know, the other thing here that I think is really amazing is that Jesus, being our Paschal Lamb that took away the sins of the world, his blood was shed so that death angel would pass over you. In fact, people say, well, Mike, why is this important to even read? Really? I mean, it was a long time ago. Well, not only is it a reflection of Jesus, but do you realize when Jesus, after the seven-year tribulation period, the Bible says Jesus is going to come back to this earth, and for a thousand years, he's going to reign over this planet from Jerusalem, Israel. Interestingly enough, the Bible says you who love him will rule and reign with him. So you are all administrators in God's new order. Remember who you are. Don't let the devil rip you off. That's who you are. And if you forget who you are, the devil will tell you you're something else. Don't forget you belong to God and that you're part of his team. You're part of his new administration. You say, but why is that important? Because of this. There is a temple there in Jerusalem and animal sacrifice is reestablished. 
The Old Testament prophets tell us that it's going to be there. Well, if Jesus was the Paschal Lamb that took away the sins of the world, why in the world are they having sacrifices in this new temple in Jerusalem during the millennial reign of Christ as a memorial to remind everybody what Jesus did for the world? And so when you realize this lamb that was slain, that saved a household, there was one lamb saved for all of our household, humanity, And God then takes care of us. Every one of you have a divine calling on your life. I don't know if you spent 10 minutes this week asking God what it was. But I want to encourage you to do that. Say, Lord, what would you have me do for you? And I believe God will open and close the doors miraculously to direct you where he wants you to be. Now, I got to tell you this. Sometimes the closing of God's doors in your life are painful. They just are. Because as God closes a door, remember, he'll open the door where he wants you to go. I have found I can spend endless hours on things that don't matter. Where God wants me to spend time in his kingdom on things that will last forever. And it's God's loving hand, our Heavenly Father's loving hand, that guides us and redirects us, our energies, so that our life will carry a reward forever. Or you can piddle away your life. I use this illustration. It still haunts me because I got to tell you, I don't care whether I've gone to the Goodwill or wherever it is, or yard sales, here in a box Anything in box, 25 cents. And there'll be trophies in there that once meant so much to the individual who got it, now being sold for a quarter. I pray that God never lets any of you hearing this illustration ever forgets this. I want my life to mean more than a yard sale quarter box. Look at this great accomplishment. Doesn't mean anything to anybody. Even their kids don't want the trophy. God says, I've got something better for you to do. How about a trophy that's never going to fade away and you'll be rewarded forever because of it? Man, I go, man, that's a pretty good deal. Letting God be God. Redirecting our life. Closing doors and opening doors. But God, I really like that door. God says, I'm going to open it anyway. God's going to move us where he wants us to be. Always remember, he's the master, we're the servant. Oh, this doctrine that's out there that I told God, I just use my faith words and I just, whatever I want, I get because I blabbed it and grabbed it. No, that's not the Jesus I want. You know why? Because I know I don't know what I want. I go in my garage and I look around and I go, I don't know what I want. I got stuff in there. I don't even know what it is. Why did I buy this? My wife yesterday, she, had a, she says, Mike, what's this? And I go, well, it goes to the car. She goes, what is it? And I go, I don't know. It looked like a, like a wheel cover for like a tire. But I know I wouldn't buy that. But what is it? I don't know. I looked at it and I go, do you put it on the steering wheel to keep it cool in the summer? I don't know what it is. I'll show anybody and you can tell me if you might know. 
And then once you tell me what it is, then I got to figure out why did I buy it? This concerns me. Is it Alzheimer's or just what is this? Ah, but let me tell you something. I know it's not just me. I've been to some of your yard sales. I've seen stuff in the package for sale that never were opened. So you know what that tells me? I need somebody bigger than me to run my life. And you know something? There's nothing demeaning about that. I think it's a wise man that realizes life is bigger than they are. If you're not a Christian here this morning, you need Jesus. Because you're running your life from either the advice of your friends, what you deduce life to be, your conclusions of life, and to find out you're wrong in the end would be devastating. I would invite you today, as the Bible says, that Paschal Lamb. You know, one of the other things in that Last Supper first part of chapter 12 talks about is the bitter herbs. That's weird. Why you would have this great barbecue of lamb and oh, it smelled so good and you eat the bitter herbs. What's that about? Because that was to remind those in future generations of the bitterness it was to be in slavery. You got to remember something. We forget. You know, sometimes they go, well, you know, if you're from California or somewhere else, you remember, oh, I used to be able to go to the beach and it was so nice. And You know what you forgot? The bumper-to-bumper traffic on the 405 to get to the beach. You forgot the extreme taxes and the uh, rent or the house payments that you had to pay. We forget that. That's why the bitter herbs were part of the Passover meal. To remind them, hey, being a slave in Egypt was not good. When we get into chapter 13, interestingly enough, as Moses comes up to the Red Sea, Pharaoh's army is coming in from behind. They looked at Moses and the bitter herbs were already forgotten. They looked at Moses and said, "Is there was there not enough graves in Egypt that you brought us out here to die? We would have been better off to serve the Egyptians. Wow. Bitter herbs already forgotten. Do you forget what it was like to be a slave to the devil? Oh, but you know, back in those days, I could go partying with my friends, wreck my car and couldn't remember if I had a good time the night before. Yeah. Really? God's got a better plan. The Bible says, There's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, there's destruction. This morning, if you're not a Christian, we're going to pray. You can ask Christ in your life. Because you need to repent of the kooky way you've lived. I did. In fact, I found sometimes in my life, I still have to repent of the kooky way I live. You see, that's one of the things his promises, King David said, are new every morning. If you need to pray and get right with God, realizing that, Paschal lamb that was slain for you. Without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. God's a legal God. It's either your blood or his blood. Pick. That lamb that was slain is for you. That was Jesus because he loved you. God so loved the world, he sent his only begotten son. But if you believe in him, you won't perish, but you'll have everlasting life. What a great deal. You trade away something you can't keep 
for something you'll never lose. What a deal. Let's pray. If you need to get right with God, wherever you are, let's pray. If you're driving in your car down the road, don't close your eyes. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. That I have lived my life in rebellion to you. And I'm sorry. I believe Jesus died on the cross for me. His blood covered my sins. Make me a new person in you. So from this day forward, I commit my life into your hands. I believe you rose from the dead to give me life every day. So now fill me with your Holy Spirit. Empower me to be about your purpose for my life. And thank you for eternal life with you forever in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us on It's Time as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening and tune in next time for It's Time. It's Time.